welcome back, my fellow listeners, to part two of our student leadership episode. In our first episode, we discussed what makes a student leader. We learned that working hard, taking initiative, and being confident are important elements to becoming a leader. We also learned how important support from family, teachers, and friends is, and how facing challenges builds our confidence. This got me thinking, what makes a student want to do more and lead? What motivates them? I believe that leaders are made, not born. So to understand this, I decided to look at the environments or places that shape our personalities. We spend most of our time in these three main places, our home, our school, and our social lives which is basically the people and the places that we hang out at. Each of these places is very important in shaping who we are, how we think, and how we act. Also, our ability to lead. So, to learn more about these environments and their impact on our personality, I thought of inviting a psychologist on the show today. So, in today's episode... I have Dr. Samantha Oscar, an expert psychologist to answer questions about different students' environments and how they impact us and our ability to become a student leader. But before we start my interview with Dr. Oscar, let me share some of her achievements. Dr. Samantha Oscar, a well-known expert in counseling psychology, Samantha's educational path began with a bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Regina in Canada. She then achieved her PhD in counseling psychology from Washington State University. Dr. Oscar is also a licensed psychologist. She offers counseling services to a wide range of people, including students, veterans, community members, and inmates. In the academic world, Dr. Oscar has made a big impact as a professor at Washington State University. There, she has taught students about advanced clinical practices and how to identify psychological issues. Her research and effort to spread awareness about teens' mental health has greatly influenced the field of psychology. Beyond her professional life, Dr. Oscar is also very involved in community service. She has been a part of many committees, proving her commitment to helping society. Dr. Oscar has received many awards for her work in human services and helping young teens. I'm sure that in today's episode, her knowledge and experience will be very valuable and inspiring to us. So let's start the interview with Dr. Oscar. Thank you so much, Dr. Oscar, for being here today. It is so cool to have a psychologist on the show, and it's going to be very informative to have an expert on this topic. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how the places and environments where kids and teenagers grow up, like their homes, their families, affect them. There are three kinds of environments. One, home meaning our parents and our siblings. Second is school, meaning our teachers and students. And third is our outside life, 
meaning the people we hang out with outside of home and school. So my first question for you, Dr. Oscar, is if you could choose between these three environments, which environment do you think is the most important in building on confidence, initiative, making good decisions, and not being afraid to try new things? That is such a good question um, and a really difficult one. I think, first of all, I think our environment, I think you're right, our environments are very powerful. The models we have are super powerful. Um, When we think about it, they give us, they're the roadmaps that are given to us. Um, And so it's not surprising that all of these environments are really impactful um, and the people who are in them. But um, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure that it always matters necessarily Uh, I think home is really important, but I'm not sure it always necessarily matters where we get these roadmaps or these models, but that we we get them um, so that we can have these things instilled in us and we're kind of shown how to how to navigate these things. So um, but so several things come to my mind. Um, One, do those places provide safety for us? So are we able to take risks and pursue interests and know that we have a safety net there, um, that if we fall, we have someone to catch us and tell us it's going to be okay. Um, and I also think about, and that's such a privilege that, that some of us have. And then I think about, um, the models we have, um, that show us the way when we're kids, especially we're sponges and we soak everything up around us and we just are eager to soak up our environments. And so, Again, that's why these models and environments can be so powerful. And so um, do we have models who are who are showing us how to do those things, how to make good choices, how to um, take initiative, um, giving us those roadmaps? And then um, when we do have interests, do we have people around us who are nurturing those interests and encouraging them and supporting us? Um, and are we being exposed to challenges and things that might make us uncomfortable and and shown that that's okay? Or are we kind of avoiding anything that's uncomfortable or might make us stick out? Like, how is that kind of conceptualized or looked at within our environments? Um, because I do think that once we are willing to take these risks and take initiative um, and we have a good experience or we're caught if we fall or we learn something from it, um, then it it can be a snowball effect. We want to, we have the confidence to continue engaging in these things um, because we see the benefit in them. I agree, Dr. Oscar. Environments are crucial. It's tough to achieve much without their support. We often need someone to back us up. And for that, we rely on these environments. It's not just one aspect. It's all these environments together that really impact us. So my second question is about the school environment. We're there for about eight hours a day. So it's obviously a big part of our lives. Even though I'm not always a huge fan of school, I know it's important for learning our future and getting good at different things. Schools provide us with clubs and activities that can help us become leaders. They give us the opportunity to learn about leaders and how to become like them. But sometimes kids might be scared to join because they're worried about what others will think. What do you think a kid should do in that situation? 
And what is the best way to ignore that constant reminder of judgment? That is a really good question as well. Um, I think that it's really helpful for us to have, have those models or, or gravitate toward people who are doing the things that we aspire to do. Um, and I think that when we are proximate to those things, then they feel more doable and we can, we can be more confident than those things. And so, um, I think it, it can definitely be a time where, um, it's confusing because there's a lot of pressures like you're saying in school. And so, um, I do think if we can gravitate toward friends or, um, parents or role models that are kind of doing people who are doing things that, um, we admire for us to kind of get that roadmap or feel more confident or have that, um, safety where we can take those risks and engage in things that we want to do and might be afraid to. I'm super fortunate to be able to have the kind of support system where I can go to anyone like my friends or my parents. And it's something that I'm extremely grateful for because sadly, not everyone is able to receive that same support system. This lack of support can really take a huge toll on them and their dreams. Then my third question is about friends, meaning our third environment. As teens, we sometimes do smart, funny, or stupid things because of our friends. I've made some careless choices just because everyone else was. When it comes to friends, how can we spot the good ones from the not so good ones? Friends are super important in our lives. So how can we pick and choose which friend is good and which friend is bad? I love that question. And my first response to that was, wow, as adults, we still struggle with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, who, who, you know, who do we want to give space to? Who should take up some of that space in our lives? And, you know, who's, who's a good influence and not a good influence or um, who makes us better? Who doesn't? Um, and so I definitely think it's, it's, and to add to that confusion, people aren't all good or all bad. And so that makes it even more confusing. But um, I think, and I think that different people kind of offer different things and different benefits. And so that can even make it more confusing. I always use the example that I would never go to my mom to ask her if I did well at something because she's just going to tell me I always do well. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go to my dad because he's going to tell me the real the real deal, right? And both, yeah, yeah both are out of love. <laughs> but um, I do think that, um, do we feel safe with those people? Do they make us feel safe? Um, do they nurture us and encourage us and challenge us, but not hurt us? Um, and I think sometimes honesty can be, can be challenging and can be hurtful, but, um, not, not hurting our feelings and who we are and making us question who we are as a person. Um, and are they helping us discover, discover ourselves, be the best version of ourselves? Um, do these people tell us what we want to hear or maybe what we need to hear? Um, I always, I, one of my favorite phrases is accountability is love. And I think that, that, that a lot of times friends, like you said, are, can be the most influential at a certain age when we're kind of branching out from our parents and 
our friends do have the biggest impact on us often in our teen years. Um, and then I always think, do, do the words of people match their actions? Do they say we, do people say they care about us? And then they make us feel like, like they care about us is, is what comes out of somebody's mouth. Does that match how they behave on a day-to-day basis and how they carry themselves and how they interact? I agree, Dr. Oscar. I've always said to my friends that you should always have someone or in any friendship that you benefit in some way and not meaning that kind of benefit, but you should be able to have one friend that either makes you happy or you should have one friend that makes you laugh or one who one friend who you can confide in. You should always have someone. And if you don't have that kind of benefit, then there's really no meaning to the friendship. I want to change a topic. I want to change the topic a bit and talk about solutions, especially for families at home. What kind of advice would you give to parents and families to make a place, a safe place to encourage a child to think or help and feel more confident and ready to take on more things? I love that question as well. Um, I always think about parents as their role is kind of to provide like scaffolding. And so um, we want to, as parents, we want to guide. We don't want to do things for our kids, but guide them um, and kind of meet them where they're at to do that. So we want to provide nurture and nurture and support. And um, yet we don't want to do things for our kids child or, or enable the child, because if we do that, then they don't feel like they can do things on their own, um, or that, that, that they need us to do things. And obviously depending on the age of the kid, that's, that looks different. Um, but how can we, um, I would, I would tell, I always tell parents support interests and engage in interests with your child when they show interest. And if you don't know anything about it, you can discover it together. Um, and, um, and figure out ways that you can, again, nurture their interests, but not do that for them. I think giving responsibilities to children at home that are age appropriate and then um, providing rewards for those things when they fulfill those expectations or fulfill those responsibilities. I think when there's um, how we conceptualize failure and risk-taking and challenges, I think can be really important in the home as well. Are those bad things or are those opportunities for growth? And are they important to um, to go through things that are challenging or disappointing and see that so that we can build the confidence that we can recover from that and, um, be ready for the next challenge. Um, I think when there's problems and conflicts that arise that, um, to again, help our children navigate that without solving the problem for them. Um, so any way you can engage, in age appropriate ways to partner with your child rather than, than do for them. I think we, we can kind of create that scaffolding wherever, wherever they are developmentally. Um, and just engaging, engaging anytime you're able to solve problems together, engage in questions, um, find answers together, um, defer to your child's opinions and ideas, um, also gives a lot of opportunity for, for gaining confidence. 
Being engaged in your child's life is always necessary to be involved or just there for them. It's always the best way to ensure that your child will become a leader. And so that you're also in w- aware of what's going on with your child and to make that extra effort to help them. And then for my final question, I want to ask about a tricky situation. What if a kid or teen doesn't have much support at home? What can someone do to still become confident, learn to lead and make smart decisions? Can we find ways to boost ourselves even if home life isn't the best? Absolutely. I think we all know that makes it a lot more challenging when we don't have natural models or natural um, positive pathways in our lives or natural kind of roadmaps that are given to us. And so then it's a lot more work to seek those out. But I think it's definitely possible. And that's what, what I would say is find those models. Um, if they're not at home, then can we find a teacher or a coach or a parent of a friend, um, or even our friends themselves, you know, are we hanging out with people who are talking about college applications and, um, and who get together to do homework together or, um, so I think the spaces that we put ourselves in are really important. And if those spaces aren't naturally in our, our environment, how can we seek those out? Um, and I know, I know I was just talking to one of my clients who was talking about how it was just her and her mom growing up and they were, it was a very chaotic environment, but fortunately she had friends who, again, were talking about college applications and their parents when she was over at their houses were such good role models for her and were setting those examples and encouraging her to take those risks and engage in opportunities. So, um, I think that's really important to have to kind of that go back to the beginning of the conversation when we talk about models and, and how powerful our environments are and the spaces that we occupy are. It may be hard to do things without support, but it's not impossible. You can always build your own environment, but the main thing is to keep a positive attitude and be confident in yourself and know that you can do it with or without someone's help. To summarize today's discussion with Dr. Oscar, she explained that getting help and encouragement when we're young is super important to learn how to lead. She told us how having the right kind of friends, the friends who push you to be your best, can really help you grow into the strong leader. She also said that even if we don't have much support at first, We can still become great leaders by keeping a positive attitude and building our inner strength. Dr. Oscar emphasized that it is possible to find or create a supportive community at any point in life. We can look for people who can guide us like mentors. We can join clubs or groups that match our interests and take part in activities that help our community. Doing these things can help you make new friends and become the leader you are destined to be. Guys, this is the last discussion on leadership. But don't worry, we have more exciting topics coming up. So stay tuned to The Teen Talk. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Naisha Singh D. Bye!